I think we can save this. Okay, I think we can save this episode. What I think we should do. I've loved it, and you're so fucking funny, Gene. And like this was so many good. There's, this, there's so many good parts to this. I yeah. I don't but think we've had a funnier episode than. I I know. Like it's so it's so fucking yeah. funny. But I need to deliver on what I say I'm going to deliver. Bottom line. Um, otherwise, because like otherwise, people are just going to be like, "What was that?" And, yeah, well, I and, think they'll and, like it, and, right? And, I mean, it, isn't it consistent to the I, other episode? I feel like it was. There's talk about comedy and breaking it down and analyzing it. I think you billing him as like the, like everything you said about him, why you wanted I, to have him on, is, is the reason it, the reason, it goes against the, reason, the podcast. Yeah, the re- <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we could even intro the podcast as this is like <laughs> th- like the anti this podcast, yeah. and it's hilarious, and it's all right. All right. So like <laughs> you're doing hilariously great. You're so and, and so, funny. I you're had so funny. It's disorienting. You were like, you know, it's really hard. Some 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 guests are really hard to to corral into like. Oh yeah. And, but, and you're like, and, and inside where you in your head, you're like, that's me. <laughs> Stand up comic joke it up one time. Funny. No, I just wanted like Gene was Gene was busy on his phone, and I felt like we were interrupting him with the podcast. Oh, you're shitting! Oh, yeah, I, thought oh. You, I didn't know you're shitting on him. Okay. That's, oh, sorry. That's uh, you turned it off. That was the intro. I was, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was re- that was an irreverent notes. use of your phone. I, know, I was, was like, pretty... wow, he's really into the theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't say turn him off this time, by the way. I hinted at it. Uh, I'm going to cut all this out. I'm not. <laughs> no, this is perfect. This is is it? Yeah, yeah. You've always wanted to cut out the times when you're a dick or weird or whatever. Fuck up a line, but you got to keep them in. So you're not even on the podcast? <laughs> and actually, before I start this, grab that, that pad of paper and, uh, and a pen. As we go through these, it's going to be like, there'll be so many jokes you won't be able to remember them after we listen to six minutes of comedy. So it helps if you take notes just to jog your memory if there's something that you want to talk about. I mean, about. I'll, I'll remember it. I, I, that's probably sure you me will. Up. Sure you will. You, uh, I, just let him do it. I, I, I'm just telling you, <laughs> I've do done it. this enough. Like, it, what happens is if people don't take anything down, then it just ends up being like uh, dead air. Yeah, you'll sit there. You'll just sit there. No, uh, I, I feel you. I just do bullet points. Now I know why I got to edit so much. <laughs> this is a show by and for comedy nerds it is called let's talk about sets and it's all about the science slash craft slash art that is stand-up comedy i am jeff mcbride and this is my co-host harrison tweed i'm harrison tweed and our guest today is gene getman oh i should talk yeah <laughs> say hi and it's told it works oh what's going on uh the topic today is irreverence and we're going to define that talk about that a little bit later but for now let's get started by playing a bit that gene selected by doug sanhope called remember when i used to give a shit it's his closer on his 2012 album before turning the gun on himself i don't care anymore i used to have some type of social relevance in my act and there was a a point where i i really gave a shit about (laughs) stuff to a to to a point where it was ruining my life and I guess like 10 years ago, I thought, wow, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to change the world. 
I'm gonna talk about it. In 20 years of comedy, I've probably had a dozen good points that I reflect on and go, that was actually a really fucking good piece. And it really, it had a point that made sense. But <laughs> the whole changing the world thing never really kicked in. The revolution <laughs> was starting where I thought I could yell at 200 people in a bar every night and change the world. Yeah, it didn't, didn't quite happen like Egypt and Syria. Yeah. And it's, it's frustrating because you do a bit and then you go, oh, that's a fucking really good. And then it just appears, the, the problem is still there. And someone will say, oh, abortion's back in the news. And you go, why? I already solved that on a 2004 <laughs> How could it possibly still exist? I've yelled at thousands of drunk people about that. <laughs> Maybe I'll rewrite it and repackage it. It gets frustrating as shit where you're like, I don't care. Fuck him. Fuck everyone. It's as frustrating as if you lived in a world full of starving people where occasionally you could point out food that no one else seemed to notice <laughs> for a living. Where you go on stage and you go, never notice. There's a plate of nachos right over there. <laughs> and people go, oh. He's so right. There is a plate of nachos. I never noticed that. But instead of eating them, they shove them up their noses and assholes for entertainment value and get no nutrition out of it, even though they're fucking starving to death. And it's not just the audience or the world. Even my own social circle. People who fucking... Doug, yo... What you said about gay marriage, that was right on the money. Marriage itself is an antiquated institution. It has no place in a progressive society. There's it, it, nothing that anyone needs to do. I'm still getting married on Saturday, though, because Janice doesn't really, yeah, she doesn't get your ass. She doesn't think you're funny. So we're getting married, but it's a really good point. And what you said, now one thing you said, overpopulation. You're right, Doug. said about overpopulation most of the world's problems are based on overpopulation there's just too many goddamn people we're still gonna have a baby because janice's biological clock is ticking plus we live in a gated community it's it's not really overpopulation if you can afford to send it to a montessori school but it's right what you're doing is a good thing and you should keep doing it and don't die on us said about drugs you're right on the money doug drugs i never thought of it like that it's a private property issue all drugs should be legal because your body is your own private property you own your own meat if you own nothing else in the world you own the fucking meat that's packing your bones yeah so all drugs yeah it doesn't matter what it is drugs to fucking put a needle in your arm tattoo yourself pierce yourself Fucking eat cheese sandwiches, throw cheese sandwiches down your f top hatch till you're so fat you have to pay for two seats on Southwest Airlines. That's your prerogative because you own your own meat. Do whatever you want to it. Drink yourself silly. You find something living rent free in your uterus, evict that motherfucker. This is <laughs> private property. There's no squatters' rights. Pay rent or quit. That's a good point, Doug. Drugs should be your own prerogative, whatever it is, huffing a gassy rag. That's what you want to do. Except for heroin, because that's what killed Hedberg. That's where we really need the federal government to come in and stop this. And I can't understand why I'm so fucking thirsty all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you 
I just don't give a shit anymore. That's what I do for a living. I try to write more fist fuck jokes and enjoy myself more. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We ain't winning shit. Like, I don't, like, I get to a point where like my act was making my entire life miserable. Where it just, uh, and it's still not good, but it's, I uh, just hate everything and fucking, it's so dumb, does it? Anyone see how dumb this is? Like some people go, isn't the world a crazy place? And they're fine with that. And I'm like, this is fucked up. This is really fucked up. We're like dark ages people and, and I'm not even smart. It's, that's the most terrifying part when you realize I'm not even a bright person, but I'm still probably in the top 3% of the smartest people on this planet. And I'm pretty fucking dumb. And you go, how alone are we? And then you go, I don't give a shit. At one point, you go, I'm 44. I'm way closer to dead than I am life of the party. And I don't have children, so why am I getting so enraged about all this nonsense? I don't care. I don't care. I'm getting all upset about the fucking planet. I'm gone pretty soon. I left no litter behind. That's your problem. I'm treating this planet like the fucking rental car that it is. <laughs> Turning it in trashed with the bumper hanging off. Fuck your insurance. Fuck the environment. I didn't ask to be here. Someone created me. Yes, I know that's a selfish thing. It's a selfish thing, but you know what? I've cared about other stuff, and yeah, me not caring about stuff will affect it as much as me caring about stuff, which is none. <laughs> that's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's Doug, man. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So, Gene, why'd you pick that bit? Uh, well, I it's the first one I found. i i I mean i've heard that joke before but uh you know it's kind of just chance that it happened to fit the theme of the show i really could have it could have been anyone it was you just like put it on shuffle on your phone well i I, you you probably chose the genre stand-up comedy well i wrote doug stanhope and uh, (laughs) on youtube.com (laughs) <laughs> and uh, a lot of choices came up and uh i looked through the pictures and there's the the, the one with uh for that clip the picture you know he wasn't too old or too young looking i feel like this is a good point in his <laughs> for, career. for an audio podcast yeah yeah well i felt like just based on his facial features he's probably at a point in his career where he's like you know matured as a comedian but not like so much that like like nowadays where you know he's not really doing anything i'm Uh sure he is but (laughs) he doesn't he's not he hasn't peaked he's like yeah he's like like right at that sweet spot right visually but it's actually it turned out (laughs) it turned out really well because uh everything he said in that clip uh i think uh i i definitely um uh, take on those uh those notions Mm -hmm. you know in in terms of comedy you know, like when I first first started, which by the way, like when I started doing stand up, that was just a mistake. Like I, <laughs> like I thought, like oh, I'm going to be. Well, first of all, my thought was I don't want to get a job. I'm going to go be a comedian, which is <laughs> just the most idiotic thought you can have as a person. But even beyond that, when I first started, I was like just full of people, like you know, Stan Hope, of course, uh, George Carlin, and Louis C.K. and all these guys that like you know they're really funny because they'll you know, 
talk about things that are edgy, so to speak, or, you know, mm-hmm. irreverent or whatnot. But so I wanted to be that, right. I wanted to be that guy that, you know, because the, the feeling you have when you hear somebody tell a joke, that's really poignant and almost like paradigm changing. That's like a really, it's a huge deal. Yeah. That's, you know, how many of those do you get in your life when mm-hmm. you hear something and then your paradigm on the, on your, your experience of the world changes. Right. That's when when your, your, your defenses come down because you're laughing so hard and then a, a new seed is planted and and a, a, a kernel of like a new way to look at life, a new perspective. Right. And then you move forward with that. And then that affects the way you act. It affects your perspective on things. It's really like kind of a big deal when somebody, you know, a lot of people say that comedy is doesn't, it's just a joke, right? But it's, it's kind of this weird duality, you know, comedy mm-hmm. lives in this sort of weird space where, yeah, it is a joke and it is kind of bullshit. But in some instances it does, because comedy has the, Humor, rather, has the ability to kind of like wear down your defenses and make you more susceptible to, you know, certain ideas, which Mm -hmm. is when people exploit that. It's so it's such a shitty thing to do. That's why people get so angry when they experience shitty comedy is because you broke the unspoken contract that you have with the audience, which is that. I, okay, I as the audience, I'm going to let down my defenses and I'm going to let you fill my brain with the thoughts you have. And I'm not going to, I'm just going to listen. I'm not going to talk back to you. I'm going to listen. You go ahead. But the deal is I laugh at the end. Okay. Right. And then if that doesn't happen and all they did was fill your brain with their stupid, boring, like dark thoughts and you didn't laugh at the end, fuck you. Right. You broke the agreement. You didn't keep the agreement. Right. It's like if you're having sex with somebody, right. And you, you know, you allow them while you get naked and you're vulnerable and now you're kind of with them and you know this person's like oh yours is going to be amazing and you're like yeah you can you know let's let's have sex this is whatever and uh, they just laugh at you they just go ha ha you fucking idiot <laughs> like that's what that's like yeah. <laughs> i got naked for you bro. <laughs> this is not this, this is not the agreement <laughs> you said that, that these all these ideas in here are this sort of like you you share this this view now yeah, I've really come to I've like I said I've heard that bit before and it's funny and it kind of but I've really come to understand what he where he is as a person mm-hmm. in that set. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not as much as Doug Sanhope would as somebody who's done stand up for 20 years and really has lived what he's saying. Well, I would yeah. say what's 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 like interesting about this is that he's being irreverent about an art form that is often most often based in irreverence right right uh and and so often we do revere stand-up in particular comedy in general as this thing that like so that that provides some sort of like deeper human truth mm-hmm. um or illuminates in some way and he's saying yeah well i've been illuminating <laughs> this whole time and nothing changed right i've been trying to change the world a hundred drunk people at a time right right and- right you know, maybe that's not the best way to go about it. <laughs> the abortion is in the news. I solved that three albums ago right. or whatever. That's the best fucking, I can't, that's his analogies and just like the way his mind works. Like he just finds these connections to things that are just like, I've never thought of or I just, I've never seen a comic do that. Right. Does right. It. But then you got to wonder, I mean, I don't know the guy personally, but you got to wonder whether he puts in a lot of work to do it or whether that's just the guy. You know, I think the best comedy comes about where you're not trying to make people laugh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. A lot of people are like, hey, I want to be a comedian. What's what's a joke that would make these people laugh? Or a little bit better, what's something that I think is funny that I think will work for 
yeah. the audience. But I think, ideally speaking, if you just be you, like you mm-hmm. just do whatever it is that you do, and the audience just happens to also laugh, that's mm-hmm. when the good shit comes. And I yeah. feel like that's what he's doing there. I mean, that's just the guy. For sure. He kind of like in the beginning, he he's almost like mumbling not in like a incoherent way or anything, but he's just kind of talking and like, you know, right. dude, like, like he's not, there's not this like crisp, clean. It's not like John Mulaney. Who's just like, I every think he word. knows all the moves. Yeah. Well, no, he, he knows does. where everything is. He doesn't need to deliver it the same way. Every time he's just, he can talk and that's well, also what he's thinking. I mean, his, but his jokes don't rest on precision timing mm-hmm. and wording per se well they do because anything in my opinion uh any joke that works has the same fundamental qualities about it they all work on timing and precision and all those things it's just the way you internalize those things changes from person to person mm-hmm. you can it can be very overt about it and you know somebody like mark norman for instance who you know you can see that that these are written jokes that he created mm-hmm. and is now Telling it, it's like a joke slinger comic, right? That's what I meant. It's like a Jerry Seinfeld precision scalpel, everything has to be exactly this way. Whereas uh, you get the impression that either I don't know, uh, either he either he is intentionally putting it into his voice, written down piece by piece by piece. You'd be surprised how many people do that. Right. Or he's operating from that part of his brain that's a little more extemporaneous that you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it's probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, I, if I could speculate, I think the way he does it is writes down an idea, writes down probably the punchline, something like Harrison, you mentioned, uh, what, what was the thing that he said? Oh, uh, uh, abortion is in the news again? But I solved that like three albums right. ago. Right, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. I bet that came before a lot of the setup for that. Yeah. I bet he, um, I bet it was something he said to a comic. Cause like someone was like, Oh, did you hear about this thing about like abortion rights? And he was like, but I saw that three specials. Right. 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 Maybe he worked. Right. And then, and then you just connect the dots. Mm-hmm. I realized another thing, the, the brilliance of doing stand up like this. Um, and the reason why I, okay. I, I think this is a much more, uh, important and special and uh, harder form of stand-up comedy than like this kind of stand-up, this kind of like irreverent, like speak from your heart, but like still, you know, no, he, you're not like, he's not a bleeding heart, but he is speaking from his heart. Right. Um, why I think that's better is because there's certain, and I've just noticed this in my own writing is like, I'll write a bit, I'll be enthusiastic about it and I'll deliver it with that enthusiasm. Cause it's new and it's hot and I'm excited about it. And then I'll go and maybe like I'll be in a bad mood one day, but I got to do this set and my energy will be different. And then I'll bomb with that same bit because I wasn't in the same energy. It happens a million times. But you still know it was funny about the bit from the beginning. And you don't want to be the kind of comic that has to bring one type of energy to one bit to do it. It's like those comet bits. There are comet bits like the way Casey James Lingo said comet bits is like I... It was just an example of a bit where he just had everything pop in one night and he did one bit and he can never duplicate that. Exactly. Because it had an em- and, emotional oomph. And, um, and, and unfortunately, um, comets are not the things that uh, yeah, yeah, uh, enter the atmosphere and burn out. That's meteor. That's a, so it's, I'm just on a technical note. Yeah, he was, he was very upset. But the best bits are the ones that uh, are the ones you can, 
you can look at in any mode and not necessarily make you laugh when you think about them, but there's something that, um, there is something funny in every different like angle of this idea. Every joke exists only in, within the context of the set. So the joke may be the That's same. True. You may feel one way or another and be in different moods, but the bottom line is that you're delivering material within the dynamic of the set. For so sure. There's a lot of other externalities, you know, the comic before you, the mood of the audience, your mm-hmm. mood, and you know, whether a joke works or not really is within the context of, you know, when you're performing it, how you're saying it, and the skill to make a joke work every time is to know how to sort of pilot the mm-hmm. feel of the unique set that's happening. Uh, that's like what that. I'm saying. In it's other like words, you... identifying um, this unique context and then changing your angle of attack to, to match, right? Right. Well, essentially, the job of comedian, and no matter who you are, open mic or to Doug Stanhope, the goal is to be kind of like the arbitrator of of vibes you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. social vibes so we talk about say, energy all the time yeah, yeah exactly like what's the vibe right now and you have to really have a very subtle kind of grasp on what would work in this scenario how to slip it into the side that's that's true skill if you're going to be irreverent how do you get there right, right. you exactly. know if you're if you're uh george carlin you and you have a built-in audience that's waiting for you and knows you, you can walk out on stage at the beginning of your special and say, have you ever noticed that the people at the anti-abortion rallies are the people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? And you can open with a joke like that. Right. Right? That's his context. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and uh, whereas, and, and the vibe is essentially what he, what he decides it is because... It's all, it's preset. Right. They're there to see him. Mm-hmm. He is a veteran. He knows what he's doing exactly. And there's something to be said about trust also, because like you said, you're entering into this contract with the audience that, okay, I'm going to allow you to sort of think for me. That's what stand up is also. It's, yeah. it's sort of like a recreational thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy yeah. on stage does leads you around in your mind, you know, in this abstract space of your mind, and you hope that it'll be entertaining. And in particular with irreverent comedy, I mean, the, the, the very definition of it is that you are you have no respect for things that are typically respected. Right. Whether it's religion or life or victims or whatever you're being irreverent toward, you're going to step on toes. Your contract is all that more much more important that you keep your side of the bargain. Right. Because if you're talking about, isn't it weird how yarn comes in a ball every single time? Like if that's, you're not going to, you're not really stepping on toes there. Right. <laughs> right. One time, remember there was this, uh, issue with you know she's fat um, <laughs> she's just some fat <laughs> yeah I'm, um, if you t- uh, twitter her yeah you yeah. know she's just some fat like feminist bitch that she, she's not really a comedian <laughs> yeah yeah but like so in, in she's general, very unlikable in, yeah, yeah, in, yeah in general this is what on, i'm saying we don't we don't trash uh, uh we do that before <laughs> oh yeah, you can edit that out i i'm going i have to yeah <laughs> just uh say there's yeah a, go ahead and tell me the rest just of say it, like <laughs> describe her without her name basically yeah. Uh, like, oh, there's this uh, fat bitch. <laughs> you know, you don't who, mind who that. Shall actually. remain nameless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she was on this uh, very famous show with comedian. <laughs> and uh, well, that will pretty much tell people exactly who that is <laughs> in that context. So you can look up <laughs> of debates, fat bitch. And, All right. uh, stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Soundbite. All right. 
There's a comedian. Go for it. Try it again. Uh, there's a comedian who... She's a, how would you describe her? She's uh Wait, am I supposed to say... Am I not supposed to say she's fat? Or? I you think can, you can, can as long on. as oh. we don't identify her in some manner. Oh, well, this this is uh, this is something that happened on... Oh, I've said... I've thrown Shane in a, in a very, like, elusive way, but I, like, you could... Uh, you could... Well, it's important to know <laughs> that this person, who I do not appreciate... <laughs> Was debating on the issue of rape jokes, uh-huh. right? She was very offended. That I've seen this video at some point, about, yeah. yeah, he made. Well, either I don't know if he if he made a rape joke, but yeah. maybe I think they were just debating for whatever reason. Uh-huh. And um, at the time, I wrote some stupid shit on Medium about it, like, as if my opinion matters anyway. <laughs> but that's what I said. We went this whole mm-hmm. way just to. Got to support your point that (laughs) (laughs) give it all in. I'm like, I'm like kicking the legs out left and right. (laughs) We can't use it, but it's, if it means I'm right at the end, (laughs) I think we can use that. Yeah. Uh, Well, like you said, if the thing about rape jokes or any joke that, you know, is very, even very offensive, that if it goes well, the payoff is very high because you create all that tension and then holy shit, I'm, uh, betraying my own convictions to laugh at this. That's right. a very cathartic right. moment. Right. But if you're doing a joke about like window siding and it doesn't go well, it's like, mm, all right. Who cares? Yeah. I, I didn't care about window siding before. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, I really need, we, sh- we got to answer this question on air. I, I'm, it's killing me what? to know this. What is a rape joke? What is specific? There are jokes in my act where I say the word rape. It is not part of the. It's not like a bit about. It's, it's any time. It's any time you mention it, man. It, like honestly, any time. That's fucking such a decontextualized bullshit. But, but it's the whole point is that it's decontextualizing it. Like like any time. That's you, like saying like Bernie Sanders wants your money. And that was what his campaign was about. He just wanted your money. Well, right, but that's we're, that's. I mean, we're clearly he didn't just want your money though. Stripping out the context it's and such and, 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 and and boiling something down to uh, to just that word. This is a this is a murder joke, and it just so happened that I don't know a cartoon character was killed. Right. Like like you you stripping out the context changes, of course, the entire thing. Okay, I have a bit about how the president. This is the first president that I've seen that uh, does make women come and this in my lifetime and the, one of the lines is that it's like it goes into like other presidents pleasing their wives and then or like women in general and then one of the lines is like i think it's because it's i'm not saying he's failing at ma- making women come i'm saying he's not taking a shot at it and then the line is i don't think he had a sex talk i just think his sex talk was his dad coming into his room being like pussy's pussy and yes you may rape the maids and then it <laughs> moves on from there is that a rape joke it is, is that whole bit. Well, like, I'll, I'll define a rape joke. <laughs> please, please. I really, I love this podcast uh, so, uh, so much. A rape joke is <clears throat> anytime I tell a joke. That's <laughs> 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 very funny. <laughs> well, I fucking love you, Gene. Uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, um, but, but, but let's, let's, let's talk about it. Like that's, that's the thing that, that is troublesome with irreverent humor is that if you're on the liberal side of things and you're attacking, let's say you're attacking religion or you ha- happen to have an, a religious element to it and the person listening 
has no sense of humor about religion, yeah. then to them, that's a joke about religion. Even though it might be just this little teeny tiny thing, mm-hmm. it's this little like like mention, and it's 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 and that's the the danger of any kind of irreverent joke is that somebody's going to have a trigger. Right. Well, yeah. that's the hypocrisy in it is that people who claim that so and so joke is off, uh, uh, you know, off out of limits. Right? Was that expression? Um, out it's of bounds. Off limits. Out of bounds. Yeah, yeah that's right. Something's off limits. Yeah. It's uh, it's because they're trying to save some group of people. Right? You're, they're trying to advocate for somebody who will be so hurt. Their feelings will be so devastated by what you're saying. And, you know, notice it always happens to be the, the thing that they believe in, right? It has to be their sensibilities that's re- that are respected. Mm-hmm. Because you go up to any liberal person who claims to advocate for those who can't advocate for themselves, and then you make a joke about religion or Jesus or, you know, anybody who, you know, for whom that's a very serious thing. Like, uh, uh, fuck that stupid Christian right. sack of shit. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. I don't care about his offense. Right. It's yeah. It, yeah. That is that. That's that. I think that's a fantastic point. That's the hypocrisy. Is oh, my sacred cows are the ones that should never be slaughtered. Right, and uh, that's what it really comes yeah. down to. They claim to advocate for, even if it, it's if it's other people that are consistent with their sensibilities. It's not even that. Yeah. Like that's bad, and it's not even that. What it comes down to is that their personal point of view is being challenged. Yeah. And, and so it really just comes down to individual arrogance and uh and uh person is an egomaniac the more commonly held a belief is when you challenge it with uh when you challenge it with comedy like look for example uh, one of the most commonly held sacred cows that i've heard challenged here and there is uh is um you got to support the troops you're talking about Right, this sacred cow. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean she's no, like always being now, challenged. You know. <laughs> this is so good. Damn, fuck yes! I like I like this style. Uh, like you know, you know, I said this too before we brought on Gene. I was like, I wonder how much I editing wonder, you'll have to do. No, I was no. It was more like it was like I want him on here specifically because. How like you won't you refuse to take things seriously that people want you to take seriously? I, I fucking and this is the most love serious that. Man and I've said, and I've said this so many, and I've and I've and I was like, I wonder that's gonna it's gonna get turned on me. Yeah, like it's gonna be turned on the podcast. And I well fucking, because I love you it. you seem you're you're very like uh, this is very well planned. You know, you've got like <laughs> layers and layers of planning, yeah. and notes, and all this stuff. You want to stay on track. It sticks with and paper. That's all. That's what kind of person track. would I be if I didn't just completely kick that over? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you, you by doing that, you're setting up so much potential energy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're yeah. you have this house of cards that can easily be knocked over. And yeah, it, yeah. it takes so much energy and effort to keep it together, uh-huh. and so little energy to make it fall apart. Uh, so yeah. And that is like, and and that, and that's very you. Like, it's one of my absolute favorite. Like, as much as 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 irritated as I am, and I, and I absolutely am irritated. Uh, as irritated as I am, I fucking appreciate it. Like, I, like that is, I, I love that shit. Makes me laugh so hard. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. No, my um, my job here is done. Uh, <laughs> not really, because like we. Oh, okay. Have way more. I have so much planned, Gene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. I guess we're on Gene now. So, like, Gene is, uh, let's talk about Gene. 
Gene is one of my favorite comedians in New York, and that's because he's willing to cross the line so hard that people get really upset. And <laughs> a fellow comedian said, and I love this, he said that Gene Getman's life, his entire life is an art project. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know who said that? You know what? You're right. <laughs> Whatever it is you said. I want to give some examples because there have been so there have been some examples that are the Shia LaBeouf of comedy. <laughs> That's pretty cool too. That's I kind of like right? Shia LaBeouf. He's Me a too. fucking douchebag. I, 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 but exactly. I kind of appreciate it. Yeah, but it, I appreciate the commitment. Sorry, I did yeah. a tangent. But I like an actor, not a movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I got. I, I should. We should mention now that we're on Shia LaBeouf that that video where he's uh, I don't dancing care. with an eight year old. I don't care. It sounds dumb. Stop talking about it. Okay. <laughs> what I wanted to say is that is that Gene has this fantastic like uh, ability to pick out where the line is and cross it in a way that I think is funnier than it is offensive mm -hmm. um, for the most part. One of my favorite examples of this where most people thought it was funny and the few people who didn't, they got so upset, was with freemikes.com. Oh, right. I love this so much. Freemikes.com, for those people who don't know, is a resource that all of us in New York use to find our open mics if we need them. Mm -hmm. So Gene built this website because the only other website out there was like, like it really lava. old. Yeah. Everybody started using it and then it, and, and everybody was relying on it. And then around Christmas of this last year, he made it so that that website, freemikes.com, redirected to sexwithkids.com. Well, yeah, not only did it redirect. <laughs> he, he, he got the domain. He went and got the domain. Yeah, I still own it. You know what I do with that domain now? What? It's like it, I was arguing with some idiot on Facebook, yeah. and, you know, the guy was just kind of being a douche. I didn't even know him. So I uh, put his photo on sexwithkids.com <laughs> linked it on there. I was just like, hey, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> and that really upset him. You know, he's like, I'm going to sue you <laughs> yeah. and everything. And uh, dude, it it, it oh was so God. funny when so people That's would try to go thing. to free mics to to find their open mic for that day, and then all of a sudden they're on they're on <laughs> sexwithkids.com, and it says what you had a you had a you had this fantastic uh uh it was a there was a quiz. And it was like, how much do you like sex with kids? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a whole bunch. A what, what, do you remember the? Uh, yeah, basically it was like a lot, a little, not at all. But if you click not and at all, it goes, it. thank you, you have chosen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then it let you onto the site. And people, it was oh, so man. funny. There's so many people, so many comedians who thought it was hilarious. They totally got it. Like here you were. I, I reached out to you because I thought it was so funny. And you were just like, your response to me was perfect. And I, I feel like it encapsulates you as a person to such a degree. You were like, I just really love the idea of building something that everybody um, relies on and then kicking the legs out from underneath that. <laughs> That's. I don't know how Mark Zuckerberg doesn't just delete Facebook. <laughs> That's like my my dream is to create something as big as Facebook and just fucking delete it. <laughs> Everybody's photos or their that. stupid baby pictures. 
<laughs> you are that like, has it, to be the quote. You, you, your, your, I don't give a fuck attitude is to me the I, I, I aspire to that. And I, I can't it's get even there. more than I don't give a fuck. It's like it's, it's like you do give a fuck, but like you want to fuck people over in the most specific, hilarious <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, well, it's like I need to crap. Yeah, uh, you're, you're you're right. Actually, I mean, it's not like that. I don't care uh, specifically. What would I even not care yeah, about? Yeah. Right. Uh, the thing is, I care about lots of stuff yeah. you know i think life in general is interesting and yeah. uh, it's unique and short yeah. and uh the I, i'm just you know the, the thing is it's well, over underneath it is this deeply philosophical sweetheart that's that, true teddy, he's, he's holding are a you teddy bear right now no i mean in a, in a sense i yeah. am well, like, well what i'm saying is that life is too short not to say the n-word that's what <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my so, God. Let me give you another example. I love that. This is, this is another example that just like had me floored was, uh, this, th- this happened this week. <laughs> it was, uh, on September 11th. He could let me tell you my nine 11 story for this is Facebook status and you read it and it's this, it's, 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 you know, here's, here's where I was with my life. Here's where I was. I, I, and I, I, I was, I, I, I was, I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase. It was essentially here's where I was. I was in college, and I remember I can remember the day, and I was hitchhiking, and then it just becomes about how he like blew uh, the guy that 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 <laughs> like he was hitchhiking with, <laughs> and Boy. it's like it's full on erotica, by the way. Like 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 it's gay it's erotica. So long, it's gay erotica. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's had nothing to do with nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Although at the end I say that uh, our dicks were up in the air like two towers. <laughs> if thing, you got to the end, I didn't long. get to the end. I got. I just figured out what was going on, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so funny!" And then I stopped reading because I thought that you copied and pasted like some some erotic story off the gay erotic story off the internet, but you didn't. You wrote it. I t- yeah, I did type it. Yeah. Oh man, I really want to read this. Now. Is it still online? <laughs> it's so long. Is it still like yeah, on the wall? It, or it's on, yeah, it's on my Facebook. And if you want to listen to me read it, you can listen to my podcast, This American Life Too. <laughs> if you fast forward <laughs> to the last thirty minutes, it's me reading this gay erotica over the background of nine eleven <laughs> news coverage. <laughs> You absolutely are an artist. What are you, you talking are an about? Yeah, yeah. I well, I mean, uh, shit I don't like, like that. It to me is is just mwah, it's <laughs> so sorry. money. Like this is he, fa- dude. You you went to SoundCloud and you were like, "Does this American Life, the most popular public radio show of all time, do they have a SoundCloud account? <laughs> oh yeah, no, they don't. Well, now I, I do. I should give credit where credit's due. It wasn't my idea." To parody to, it. To parody it, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was doing the podcast with Mike Coscarelli, Social Villains, our podcast, and he quit. And he told me that he wanted to do a parody of This American Life, <laughs> which I think is a dumb idea. And, <laughs> and you just did it anyway. <laughs> so I just did it to upset him. That's the only reason. <laughs> How upset is he? Like He's legit? not talking to me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he texted me. He's like, so... Uh, this American Life too, huh? <laughs> and I go, yeah, ha ha, and whatever. He goes, uh, did you? Is that just a hit on me? And I go, no, dude, it's just a joke podcast. <laughs> but you know. he didn't. It's yeah, so great. It's oh, yeah. a, see, this is it. It's like you find 
the sacred cow and you go after it. And and I and you go after it with such like childlike glee that it's like I don't know how anybody is mad at you. Like I don't. I don't it's like you literally are a toddler who is like sees that another another toddler has built something and is just like I have to knock it over. I have to. Me and me and Mike are actually. I'm about to move in with him, and I think I'm gonna on their basement door. I'm just gonna close it. And I'm gonna put a sticker up, and it's just gonna say American Life Three recording in progress. <laughs> That would be so funny. Dude, that'd be so good. You should do this American Life 3. I'll just do this American Life 4. <laughs> just sequels popping just up all fucking, yeah. We'll just ruin the podcast. This American Life will get zero views. It'll get all diluted across 16 sequels. Just by the end of the ev- sued. every episode. Oh, God, that's so fucking funny. I'm, I hope I get sued. That would be so funny if they send me like a cease and desist order. Oh, <laughs> that'd be the like, best. Would you frame it? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Getman, uh, please stop. So that is that is Gene Getman. Yeah. That's why Gene Getman is on the podcast that is dedicated <laughs> to irreverence. <laughs> Are oh, we gonna I get th- to oh, I, th- I thought it was irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, all right, got a, I got a few questions for you. So, like. Uh, <laughs> Gay sex with a hiker. <laughs> How much of the gay sex thing was true? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Yeah, I can't. Not really. I was like, I was just trying to avoid the actual questions I wrote down because no. I knew there was no chance you would take any of them seriously. <laughs> no, you could ask me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wait, what did you say? I, care I had this like really long, heartfelt breakup post, and then you commented on it. You're like, I'm really sorry to hear about your breakup, but if I if Melissa <laughs> breaks up with me, I'm never gonna do something this gay. I'm oh, I said I will. I will <laughs> yeah, we'll do everyone their whatever favor and kill myself <laughs> and do everyone a favor go. That was really how, cool. how are you doing anyway it doesn't I'm matter i'm better i'm better see now i know what upsets you <laughs> ask harris oh, we've had two episodes. shia booths new movie <laughs> yes yeah, so what, what do you like transformers yeah, because, because it takes me so long to edit this bullshit out <laughs> <laughs> fucking why like, precisely why it takes you so because it takes you so long I should know. we uh, go ahead and play his clip right i now? imagine so we i do have i do have one question for you though uh like legitimately like stand-up related which is um has have you ever had like a I don't know, a contemporary or a mentor or somebody who gave you like some kind of feedback or advice that was a game changer for you. No, I've never like talked to anybody <laughs> about comedy. Like I, I, I mean, people have given me unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. You've never like no one has ever said. It wasn't anything. even billed as advice. Maybe they just said something in your life. And, you, and that's oh, and it shit. stuck with you. Well, uh, maybe, but I couldn't think of anything just that stands out. No. Not really. <laughs> I really why, love that. I was like, that's why, like, why am I even going to try to use any of these questions? Like, they're so. I'm, I'm never going to get anywhere with it. Wait, what, who's your? Who is your biggest influence as a comedian? You think? Well, unfortunately, and when I first started, I think it was even more obvious. I mean, I was really into Louis C.K. Yeah, you know, I think Louis is like a interesting sort of, I don't know, case in comedy because yeah. there was a time between I don't know around 2007 to like. 2012 or 13 shameless to hilarious yeah shame it's hilarious and maybe even like the beacon where he Uh was probably the best comedian in the world right oh for sure yeah Yeah. Uh, those you know a lot of george carlin came out with he was so prolific i Mm -hmm. mean something like you know in the in the teens that's how many specials he had but george carlin aside 
you know, every great comic has what one, maybe two great specials in them. Chris yeah. Rock, right? He had two, one, maybe something like that. Chappelle, really one. The the ones well, that he two, came right? out with recently, they're really great, but they're not like killing him softly. Oh, and there's another yeah. one after that, yeah. So, yeah. but Louis came out with three, yeah, and yeah. those were. It's for me. I mean, formative in terms of my sense of humor. Larry's is the reason I started. For yeah. Sure. And I'm sure he influenced a lot of people. He probably is responsible for the comedy boom that started you around say that. 2011 I, I think or that's, so. that's, that's a fair claim. Which is a terrible thing that he did. So. <laughs> and he took it by storm, too, because he had a he he was having all these specials, but he also had a show that was very popular. Right. That depicted the life of a stand-up. Right. He basically uh, established the that sort of nostalgic feel for mm -hmm. comedy that's sort of been we've been riding that wave since yeah he's somehow so. our george carlin and our woody allen of our generation at the same time because yeah. he has this like woody uh, allen style of like and he there are questions of sexual and, misconduct oh God, no uh, yeah, I, I just can't but, have that but, happen i, I know can't. right so uh i can't have my cosby this quick i know <laughs> i'd respect them more oh my god yep yep <laughs> there's like uh, I think there's a specific kind of irreverence that 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 he brought, how he felt about his kids. Right, that was groundbreaking at the time. Well, you know what's interesting about that is Louis became popular by, as you said, sort of being very irreverent about his kids. Right, calling being an asshole really is what he's popular for being. Mm -hmm. His stage persona is. You know, like a fucking dick, like a sociopath, basically. You know, so a lot of the shit that he says. But in real life, he's like, he seems like a very empathetic, very right. caring, introverted uh, individual. So what's interesting about <laughs> that <laughs> is that a lot of people, I feel, who sort of started comedy on Louis mistook his stage persona to validate their own... You think so? Legitimately sociopathic tendencies. And they're like, oh, oh, shit, this guy is talking about dead babies. I hate babies and want to kill them. <laughs> I hate the Jews, too. Yeah, you know, because yeah. Louis has a bunch say, of jokes that. Like, by a lot of people, are you like, I. <laughs> that is what I'm saying. It's exactly what I'm trying I do to like say. Hunting that, babies. that when I first started. I mean, I'm, I don't know whether I'm a good person, you know, that's, whether I'm actually a good person. That really is totally up for debate. It's up I, to God. I can't tell, yeah. But Jesus. when I first started, I, I used that to kind of, you know, just thinking back of my own, I wasn't aware of it, mm -hmm. but thinking back on my own mental processes when I was starting, for, absolutely, I felt like Louis validated my you know, the, the worst in me. Well, there's that Louis episode with the heckler where, you know, she's heckling and he mm -hmm. says the most terrible things to her. I hope you die. You know, you're a cunt. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're a cunt that came out of a cunt. Yeah. And yeah. the doctor was like, let's abort this baby. So whatever. Yeah. Everybody. My favorite is, uh, you don't like she. She's like you're joking about rape. He's like, what? You don't like rape? And she's like, right. And she's like, no, it's disgusting. And he's like, well, that's weird because you wouldn't even exist if your mom hadn't <laughs> raped that homeless Chinese guy. <laughs> that, that's hilarious, but it's also a terrible thing oh, to it's, say. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard. But yeah, it's 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 bad. So I think a lot of people. <laughs> you, it takes a lot of skill to be able to pull that off mm -hmm. in that situation with a heckler yeah well it's like or neil, at least the right moment neil brennan not to bring things back to so white I, people I'm that say let you guys know i may not be able to use this episode 
Like, I'm just letting you know, like, like, why? Because if we don't fucking play a clip or two, I'm going to oh, go okay. bananas. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Because <laughs> it's right. 1230 and like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Okay. I'd let's... love to do what we say we're going to do on the podcast and I can't use this episode sure. if we don't. Oh, that's my fault. Uh, like. I'm allowing this to. <laughs> right. Become, it's becoming so funny. <laughs> it's, and I it's, it's funny, but like, I do want to yeah, do what yeah. we say we're going to do. As fuck. Okay. Let's. Um, I, I just want to say before we go into it that uh, my fly opened and it broke and I can't close it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you'd like to say about your clip. That's the teaser. That's the intro. That's the intro to uh, Gene's clip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gene's clip is called "Listen," and his fly is open. Bravery will be coming out as a tranny in like I don't know ISIS. Where does ISIS live in Syria? We should send Caitlyn Jenner to Syria. That's what I'm saying. Send her ass to Syria and see how quick. Caitlin goes back to Bruce. <laughs> what is your name? Uh, Caitlin? No, I'm Bruce, bro. Yo, I, I fucking won the runner thing in the 80s. I want to do something brave, right? You know, I'm not brave to do things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start the first. Uh, Bestiality Pride Parade. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a bunch of people together. We're just going to ride a float of Ukanuba dog food with a, with a hole in the side. <laughs> we're we're going to rent some fucking dog costumes like, uh, like some Wolford costumes. <laughs> Just ride down Broadway, blowing each other. <laughs> Dog fucking pride. <laughs> True or false? Pit bulls, black people. Golden retrievers, white people. Yes. yes. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Yeah. No one wants to say it. Pit bulls, man, hey, they're, you know, they're a little more physically uh, <laughs> capable. <laughs> they're, they're a bit intimidating, right? But it's all about how you raise them. That's how it works. <laughs> oh my God. Golden retrievers. No, they're nice. Very a little <laughs> too trustworthy. <laughs> they ain't taking no pit bull in a fight most of the time. That's, that's the truth. Mexicans, Chihuahuas, of course. <laughs> Chinese people, cats. They're not even dogs. They're, they're <laughs> they got a whole other thing going on. Just you know. Dude, that's so fucking funny. Oh Where is this recorded? God, I don't know. It just, <laughs> it just said listen in my phone. It just listen. I've never done that material again. I might try it again. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> Chinese guy. You think, you think meow, meow, meow is a good bit? Yeah, oh, I think nice, that has dude. legs, and I'm not even joking. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God.
Ah, oh, Gene, you fucking Fight. make me laugh so hard. Dude. You make me laugh against. <laughs> I, I can be like fucking fried. I'll be resisting it in my head. I'll be like, ah, this isn't okay. And then you get me. Like, <laughs> Thanks, and I'm just man. like, motherfucker. I can't believe that shit. That <laughs> <is so fucking>. Okay, <laughs> so uh, Bruce Jenner, bro, I'm Bruce, bro. Runner in the eighties, like instantly, you're just like, like you're like, I'm gonna go. Here's where the zeitgeist is. Fuck that. I'm gonna. I'm going after it. Yeah, I th- I think really, you know, with stand up, here's an easy way to do comedy if you <laughs> if you want to be good at it. So start talking, right? And uh-huh. when you get to a part where you know you're supposed to say what you think would be a punchline, think about whether people would expect that, right? Whether it would be expected, and then as soon as you're like, oh yeah, that would be kind of expected, just say the opposite. That's really easy. <laughs> So like you can try uh, any any premise. So you know, so I went to the store the other day, and uh, I I went to the cashier, and the cashier said that would be nineteen ninety five, and I said, okay, so what's the expected thing? I said like, uh, okay, okay. So you just go, and I said, uh, uh, no, and fuck you. That's really good comedy. <laughs> that is really fuck at you. <laughs> And I raped him. Yeah. Huh? yeah that's... If, if all else fails, just say rape. Till, that'll go somewhere. Chinese <laughs> people are cats. <laughs> they got their own thing. So, yeah. That's so then <laughs> you, uh, that is a fantastic primer on how to do comedy. I, I think um, <laughs> I liked uh, how you I liked how you you prefaced the bestiality pride parade. Uh, uh, like, I want to do something brave. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, well, I believe in that actually, because well, certainly it's like I was saying, you know, it's really easy to come out as gay now. It's probably the most, uh, you know, uh, the most supported thing to be uh, a, a gay person. I mean, of course, people are still, you know, there's still a lot of challenges for gay people, and it's, uh, it depends on where you are, where you where you live. Exactly, yeah, it has like, really been covered in, across in the Chelsea. But, <laughs> but yeah, but it's like a, it's kind of like a sliding scale. So it's supported in Chelsea, whereas before, even in Chelsea, you know, you may have some issues. But that means that if you're in the middle of the country, that's a lot more conservative. You're not going to probably get killed for being gay. You may get shunned from your community, which is bad. But nonetheless, when it comes to the the greater social zeitgeist, it's pretty safe to come out as gay. It's safe States. to shit on yeah. Trump. You right. know, of course, right. the United States, right. yeah. Um, but there, there are things that, you know, that aren't, yeah, it's like this false sense of bravery that is often touted in the mainstream media. And, you know, it's really, there's nobody really to blame. It's not like all these people on the internet are to blame. They're really kind of pawns in, in the, uh, in the game of sort of mainstream media that people are making money on them. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. So this, this, uh, sense of. Uh, bravery and uh, what's that called? Um, virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. That whole idea. That's really just co-opted by media companies to create shitty sketches on Comedy Central or yeah. something. I heard Josh. But, huh? Sorry. Wait. What? Where? Where, where are we now? Like, wait, like, I'm sorry. Okay. Virtue signaling, co-opted. Like, you sound like you are like creating a YouTube video right now. Like one of those conspiracy YouTube videos. Oh, <laughs> like, like what? You should make one of those, by the way. 
Yeah, you know, I had an idea actually for a YouTube channel. You guys should check this out. I'm going to be a man in a dress, and I'm just going to say all that shit. <laughs> man wearing a dress. <laughs> I'm just going to be, you know, talk about like, you know, whatever serious things. The Black Lives Matter as a man in a dress. <laughs> but I've been, I've had this idea for months. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you know why I haven't done it? I haven't found the right dress. <laughs> Melissa doesn't have a good one for you? Well, she has a few, but, you know, she's Hispanic, so they're too loud. It's not really my <laughs> style. <laughs> you want, like, a nice, elegant, like, toned down? Yeah, like, maybe, like, a prom dress, but less poofy. Oh, okay. I like that. So what's the, what's the, un- the idea that underlies that? Man in a dress? The, yeah. So the idea is I'll be a man in a dress, and I just uh, address the crowd. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry you have to edit this episode. Oh, yeah, by I the know, way, right? I'm so sorry. I would, keep that, I would keep that in. That was a, that was a pretty sick pun. Yeah. Was, <laughs> sick was, pun, bro. It's it pretty badass, bro. I yeah. don't think we've ever laughed this hard on an episode. <laughs> well, I don't know if you'll leave this in, but you know, I'm pretty sure that... Like, you got to think about what the what the listeners would like Shut or up. Not. Shut up, Gene. I'm going to clip now. <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. So this next bit is called Phone Racist. It's by Chad Daniels, and it's off his 2014 album, Natural Selection. I got accused of being racist. Three weeks ago on the telephone, I called the St. Louis Police Department because I had to pay a speeding ticket, and it was the last day that I could pay for it. And I talked to a woman for 45 minutes, and uh, I got cut off from her, but she had all my information. So when I called back, this other woman answered and goes, hey, can I help you? And I said, no, you may not. I need to speak with uh, the woman I was talking to earlier. She goes, did you get her name? And I said, no, I didn't. How many people work in there? She goes, oh, there's just eight of us. I go, great. I could probably narrow it down. She's black. Does that help? And the lady goes, how do you know she's black? And I said, well, because she sounded black. (laughs) And the woman I was talking to goes, sir, that is racist. (laughs) And I said, well, I can tell that you're white. That's what white ladies do. They play the racism card before they ask any sort of questions or anything. She didn't even ask what I meant by she sounded black. Here's the story. Here's what happened. I said, hey, my name is Chad Daniels. I have to pay for a speeding ticket. She said, I can't fight in the system. I said, maybe the speeding ticket fairy came and paid it for me. And she said, baby, there's no speeding ticket fairy. I'm not saying all black women sound like that. I am saying zero white ones do. Unless there's a bottle of Aunt Jemima on the table and they're being an asshole. It's not like I meant she picked up the phone and she was like, what's up, motherfucker? What you want? What you want? No. No. Because that could be a white guy with a backwards hat on. You have no idea. You have no idea. If you were walking down the street and you heard, what you want? And you turned around, there was a black guy and a white guy and an Asian guy. You wouldn't know. You could probably eliminate the Asian guy if we're being real honest about it. Because Asian gangster's a different kind of gangster, right? That's like butterfly knives and cars that go, like that. Throwing stars and Tokyo drifting. You get it. You get it. I should stop talking. I'm going to stop talking. Yeah. Yeah, I think I proved my point. I believe that racism comes from intent. 
I did not mean to hurt anyone's feelings. I only knew that I had to pay this ticket that day. It was going to double in price, and I was going to have a bench warrant out for my arrest. I also knew there were only eight women working there. I was talking to one of them. She was white, and the one I was talking to before was black. So God damn it. Stop calling me racist. Stick your arm out. Roll your sleeve up. Walk around to all the other desks. When it doesn't match, drop off the phone. I have to pay this ticket. You guys are great. Thank you very much. So why'd you pick this one? I love it. I just think he's uh, I think he's calling out the kind of person that would get like mad at Gene in a show. Like like I, I like people calling out um, when people call out rapes, uh, someone else for racism and then it's broken down why that's ridiculous. They could even assume that and that they would like villainize them that way. I think this is just like the best example of that. Mm-hmm. And I just love how I mean. He's so aggressively sticking with his guns in terms of like, no, like a black woman could sound like the woman I was talking. Like, right. it's just such a and I don't know. I just love his fight with the woman because it feels like a fight with I've had it with an audience member or I haven't. But like you'd see with an audience member. But right. And there's, there's also like a real truthism there that there is no white ladies <laughs> That sound that way. Yeah. Like yeah. that, it really hinges on that idea. And mm-hmm. then he kind of goes on talking about how, you know, the dynamic between like guys, like a guy, you could have a white guy that kind of sounds like a black yeah, guy yeah. sometimes, but no white women will sound like a, you know, sassy black lady. Yeah. The yeah. DMV. <laughs> he broke it down. He thought he was going to, you thought he was going to like split in half, but he broke it down in like quarters right. basically. Right. Mm-hmm. He's even more and more specific. And he really commits to the voices. I really <laughs> like that. <laughs> Baby! <laughs> I love that. And, and, and the thing, like, this is great because uh, rather than going after, which is cl- classically a lot of stand-up has gone after um, conservative values. Mm-hmm. And in this, in this case, it's going after more of a liberal value, right? Right. Uh, and and the, the, the sacred cow in this case is, uh, is don't make racist assumptions. Um, don't make assumptions based on race or based on characteristics. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't treat someone as though they are. Uh, a certain race based off of a certain characteristic that might be associated with him. That's yeah. the that's the underlying right. And he goes like, you know, how did you know that she was black? You're a racist. Well, he goes, well, now I know you're white. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right, fucking great. Right. I think another thing he's he's peeling apart, and I think this is what's like really delightful about uh, irreverent comedy is mm-hmm. it's it's usually pointing out hypocrisy. Yeah. Right. Like, do you are you really really going after racism or are, are like really in this yeah. case like um how are you even defining it do you even know what you're talking about exactly. when you're taking this strong stance against me over the phone yeah um and, and then the more he defines what exactly is racist or not about this mm-hmm. then we start to get into the funny i think yeah absolutely right and there's a good point to be made that you said actually that um, irreverence really tends to go after hypocrisy. If you really think about it, that is the case, mm-hmm. right? Because if you think about all of these comics who come off as irreverent, I'm talking about more liberal leaning comics that are doing sort of that like woke sort of comedy. You can think of that as a form of irreverence, except it isn't because, you know, irreverence is it the, has no antith- the antithesis to reverent, right? You're irreverent. Right. Right. Where if everybody agrees with you, it's not really irreverent. It's mm-hmm. safe, and it's being sort of packaged as irreverence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
It's like scream it from the rooftops. Right. It's like, yeah, but you, this is your roof. And that's exactly what I was saying before <laughs> about what's into safe, your yard. right? The, yeah. the idea of being safe. It's not really safe to say something that may have been unsafe to say had you not been around people who are totally supportive of that idea. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, ab- absolutely. Something like a, you know, coming out as gay or a gay pride parade is yeah. very unsafe and or even in America in previous years or, mm-hmm. you know, in, under certain circumstances, it does take a lot of bravery to yeah. have a pride parade down the middle of whatever town you're in where mm-hmm. you may be fired for coming out as gay. That is, that does take a lot of fortitude. But in New York City, to go on stage and say, so I'm gay and everyone just gives you a big round of applause. It's not, there's nothing irreverent about that. There's nothing really brave about it, but it's touted as such. And Well, I feel like... It's vulnerable, though. Well, people appreciate vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. But then you can come out and say, you know, guys, um, I voted for Trump. Go, boo, die, you piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> Immediately. I would say, like, watching James Myers since the election is like, oh, he's like one of my most irreverent comedy friends. Yeah, he does it well, too. Like, he just, yeah, he does it really, like... I saw him the other day. He drew Dowdy did a has a really he's just like a quick throwaway that goes into a bit. Drew Dowdy is a very funny uh, comedian in New York, and he was just like, "Are there any Trump supporters in the room?" And then James was the only one that clapped. And he was like, "I like doing that because I know who who's going to get their ass kicked after the show." He like does it. It's like a recurring bit he does. And then James got up like I think next or right after, and he was like, "Yeah, fucking, I was the guy that clapped for Trump." And then he just like did his set. And it took him a while, but he he won them back, and he and he got into it. Yeah, and, um, it's tough to do. Yeah, and it's really fight. That's like, I mean, I don't agree with you know that politics, but I'll still fucking listen because it's fucking bits. Right. I mean, I'll laugh at a lot of stuff where I don't agree with uh, with the po- actually mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman's uh, special on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff in that special I don't agree with politically, but I fucking laughed my ass off at that special. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. She's you know she's been one of my favorite comedians for. She you know, and she is is so classically irreverent, right? Yeah, right. Yes. she knows how to do it to the T. Yes, she does. Just yeah. because she has a like adorability factor, oh, you don't. It's like co- coats it in this really palatable way. Mm-hmm. She's one of the and most. That's, a, that's an interesting thing. There's different ways. There are different ways to be irreverent, right? Mm-hmm. You can be that clever John Stewart style where you're just like turning things on its head in this yeah. like, oh look how aren't I witty kind of way, yeah, yeah. Um, with a little little bit of snark, right? Yeah. Or there's that uh, her way which is very like adorable yeah like, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, or how, how would you put it like, well it's expertly executed mm-hmm. that's what's going on there you know you watch a lot a lot of these netflix specials sometimes you there are people that are kind of a little bit earlier in their career and they get a special because there's a bit of a comedy boom so to speak mm-hmm. but then you watch somebody like sarah silverman who's been doing it for like 30 years and you instantly understand that you're sort of in the hands of somebody who really knows what they're doing she right. knows how to time the bits. She knows how to, like we were saying before, sort of get the audit, the the vibe mm-hmm. that she's putting out mm-hmm. and sort of use it and wield it very uh, expertly. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's talk about sex. This next bit is by Martin Urbano on Jimmy Kimmel Live on September 7th of 2017. When I say the, you say poor. Kill the. Oh. 
Thank you guys so much. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, before I go any further, I do have to mention there was the option to watch my set tonight in 3D, uh, but only one person took me up on that offer, so only one person gets that added viewing experience. So don't put them on just yet. I'll let you know when there's a 3D joke about a hop right out of you. Anyway, folks, uh, my name is Martin Urbano, but you can call me by my street name, Martin Avenue. And, uh, let me just tell you a little bit. I had a bit of a weird day today. I was scared that I got my girlfriend pregnant. Yeah. Uh, but we talked it down. Good news. She's my ex-girlfriend. Thank you, guys. Thank you. More about me. I'm Mexican. Stay with me. <laughs> I'm Mexican. I come from a traditional Mexican family. My dad is a migrant worker, and my mom is a Virgin Mary candle. Yes. My parents, they both live in America now, but they still go all out to celebrate every Mexican holiday. You know, Day of the Dead, Cinco de Mayo, Payday, just all of the... Now, I'm actually Indian. <laughs> just had those Mexican jokes I wanted to say <laughs> my mom was born in India uh, sorry didn't mean to offend uh, she was born in Native America <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just white I'm Italian <laughs> oh. don't I look like I could be something <laughs> I feel like some of you are having trouble believing me now. Uh, I am Italian. I can prove it to you. I do speak a little Italian. Um, I'll splice it. I'm a Mexican. So. No, really, guys. I'm Mexican. No more questions. Huh? More about me. I'm not gay. But I would have sex with a man for a million dollars. Right? But I'm not going to pay more than that. Anyway, guys, so I brought these Mad Libs uh, because, you know, I figure as a group we can come up with, like, a fun, you know, silly bit together. You feel like you're more part of the show. I feel like I had to write less material. So let's go ahead and uh, get some suggestions from the crowd. Now, fellas, try not to be too dirty. There are ladies present. How many ladies are here? By show of titties. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get some suggestions. Can I get a plural noun? Just somebody over here, shout out a plural noun. Cars. Cars, love it. Uh, can I get an adjective from over here, an adjective? Purple. Purple, love it. And can I get a location you might find kids? Somebody over here again. Disneyland. Disneyland. All right. Let's see what we came up with here, gang. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, and cars, <laughs> in accordance with Section 2250 of Title 18 United States Code, I am legally obligated to tell you that I, Martin Urbano, am a registered sex offender. <laughs> if you have any questions regarding my case or sentencing, please contact my purple parole officer. <laughs> Anyway. Disneyland, you said? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. 
All right, so before I get out of here, now's the part of my set where if you have 3D glasses, go ahead and put them on. Flipped off the woman with 3D glasses. <laughs> Marner Bono. It's everybody. a reference in a different form for sure. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. That's one of the edgiest uh, late show sets I've seen in a really long time. In terms of the subject matter that he, he's being racist, he's saying he's a pedophile. <laughs> right. He's he said kill the poor when he opened. Like it's he's really stealing fun. all my material. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the deal? It's so fucking funny. I just like usually a, a late show set is very uh, toned down. It's yeah, it's very palatable for middle America practices and standards. Right. Seinfeld talks about Louis C.K. having a bit where he like tiptoeing past laser beams. It's like he's not touching any laser beams. Mm-hmm. But the laser beams are like clearly there. Like it's like he's. This is not material you would think that would go on a late night talk show set, especially right. like Jimmy Kimmel, which is a very like Hollywood, very like pristine. Like they interview like big big celebrities and like Barack Obama, and then he's coming in reading that he's a sex offender. It's, right. I just think <laughs> it's so impressive. Uh, yeah, I, in I, his I, first late show set ever. Right. We got to come out swinging. I th- I have a feeling that he'll probably have a pretty good career after that. That's yeah. probably one of the best late night sets I've seen. In I'm a long sure time. he impressed. Because, you know, you watch a lot of guys who are much further along than Martin Urbano, who, by the way, I he started doing stand-up in Austin, and so did I. And I was actually doing it for a little while when he first started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever. He's, pretty, <laughs> you know, he's doing all right. And uh, I'm, I'm over here. And, yeah. uh, but... Um, you see a lot of guys who are further along, like Mark Norman or like Sean Donnelly and all these guys that are, you know, pros at the cellar. And you see them do late night, like a late night set. And they always seem a little bit uptight, you know, a little. It doesn't feel like they're at their most relaxed and kind of having fun. It's a high, it's very like high stress environment. The, mm-hmm. the, really, the material they love doing at shows is brought, like the late night set is like, this is like my opener and like my like soft, it's like a bunch of good jokes, but they're not, they're not like, you can tell those comics are like not doing their favorite jokes or their closers, the ones they really want to talk about. Or even if they are, they're they've been edited down by standards mm-hmm. and practices, right? You can do this joke, but you have to say, you know, this instead of yeah, you know that. So every time they say that, you know, you know it's supposed yeah, to be yeah. this. Uh huh. I, I went to uh, this store the other day, yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest joke I've ever. <laughs> And with with Martin Urbano, I mean, he seems really, really relaxed. If you watch the mm-hmm. set, it feels like he's just doing stand up uh, at some show, you know, yeah. in Brooklyn or whatnot. I really enjoy how he plays with people trying to guess what his race is. Right. <laughs> like, how he just refuses yeah. to really give them an itch. Like, uh-huh. and and doesn't ever really like settle it for them mm-hmm. I, I i love that i love that too i right. love the joke that never like when it's just like you're fucking with the audience and you never give them the correct answer that's <laughs> the funniest thing in the world to me right you always want to keep like i was saying before whatever the audience thinks is going to be the next thing don't do that thing and you just keep that ball rolling <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. it, it's honestly i mean like i know there's a there's a part of you that's like uh 
when you give that advice, you're sort of laughing at that advice at the same time. But it is actually good advice. Well, I, I mean it sincerely. Yeah. I, I think it's just hard to tell whether I'm joking or not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and, I, and I enjoy that too. Like there's, I think that that's, uh, I think that's a skill have people not know are you are you joking are you are you not joking <laughs> like I, I think that's a it's a fun skill yeah he'll do it like a really standard joke yeah. and then he'll do something really bizarre after it yeah that's true i didn't notice that yeah because he'll do he even did like a suck a dick for a million dollars yeah. joke which so is standard so yeah, like yeah. classic and then that is the setup for the weird thing he's gonna do it's like people that eat sorbet in between courses. It's like his like sorbet, like a palate cleanser kind of thing. <laughs> right, 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 right. I enjoyed how he where he goes. Um, I'm not. I, I'm actually Indian. I was. My mother's born in India. I'm sorry, born in Native America. Right? <laughs> and that is great. I, it's yeah. just. It's he, he's 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 fucking with it with the mm-hmm. um, as you say he's fucking with their expectations right. over and over again. Yeah. Um, never really quite letting them land. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, I want to talk about that Mad Libs thing because that's just genius. That, yeah, that was so a great, great joke. Disneyland, you said? Disney, yeah. yeah. How, so funny. He, he is juxtaposing the most innocuous thing, mm. Mad Libs. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. Like, it's the simplest. Like, we <laughs> anybody anybody who grew, who grew up in the United States school system knows what Mad Libs is, mm-hmm. right? You, and then juxtaposing that with... <laughs> Registered sex offender. <laughs> you know, I used to do this podcast um, when I was still in Austin. It was the first one I did with my friends. It's called Mustache Podcast. It's not even up there. But we used to do a version of Mad Libs where uh, we would read suicide letters and then replace, you know, Mad Libs with suicide letters. And we called it Sad Libs. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so we did like Kurt Cobain's suicide letter. Oh, I'm feeling really uh, hungry right now. <laughs> I, 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 I really admire your ability to uh, approach any topic like this uh, and say, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going like there is funny to be had here and I'm yeah. going to plow through it no matter what. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I think if you're going to do if you're going to work in the arena of comedy you should try to be funny it's more than that because I, I see i know plenty of people who are actually very 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 funny but they're not playing the same game you're playing right yeah. they're not it's it's it, whatever they, they, you can be incredibly funny without being transgressive to the point where people are laughing against their beliefs and that's something you're you're you do and you're you accomplish over and over again mm-hmm. with your kind of humor. And a lot of people don't play that game. They're still very, very, very funny. That's I, true. I mean, yeah, you can you can elicit laughter in people with uh, structure I, and things like uh, that. <laughs> no, I feel like uh, there's certain comics that can be really edgy and like very uh, subversive, but their whole persona is predicated around, I don't want to hurt your feelings, like, uh, to the audience. And that could work, too. I mean, a lot of Well, because they're like, like, I'm this, like, silly, I'm, like, I'm shy and nervous, so I can get away with these things. Or, like, I I mean, just take take an example of, like... Brian Regan just, is undeniably funny. Yeah. Right. Oh, dude, he's, but he's not, he's not doing any of this. Right. Like, this right. is not, this is, he intentionally says, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want anyone to walk away feeling hurt by my comedy. Um, and 
uh, yeah, that's not, that's that's his choice for how he wants to do it. Well, it's probably a better choice. I mean, it's not you, better or worse. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that in terms of success. If you're if you can do clean really well, you're gonna get work early on. Fair yeah. enough. You can do kids shows, right? Yeah, you can you can perform anywhere. <laughs> and but but I mean, it's not gonna have like the same wallop and punch for the most part. Yeah. Um. I, but not not that's not to say like I'm. Brian Regan stuff, sure, has tons of wallop and punch, lots of it. But I, the game that you're playing that I, I really uh, I, I really appreciate is that you find the line and you cross it and um, drag people kicking and screaming across it, like oh, laughing. Yeah. And I, I, I watch you do it. Um, I try, I suppose, yeah. And I, I, I like that. I like that dynamic. It's... Um, I think it's partially sociopathic. I, th- I find some kind of sadistic pleasure in knowing that somebody um, uh, betrayed their own convictions. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you get um, do you get a charge out of the people who get upset? I actually know. You know, I, I did a set last night at the uh, Grizzly Pair, and it went really well. I, like I would never say that I quote unquote killed. I I don't like when people say that. You know. It's, oh, I fucking killed. Oh, really? Did you? I mean, you did well. So, but last night I can probably say on the brink that I, like I had the whole place fucking dying for a while. Nice. It was just like a, like a good dynamic. You can you say know. you killed, man. That's okay. Yeah. You know, every, he doesn't every, say that he has a rule every once yeah, in a while. Yeah. Like I don't like to, but every once in a while it goes really well. So yeah. it went really well. And, uh, but two people in the audience, this lesbian couple, did not appreciate many of the things that I said. And they <laughs> genuinely were not having a good time. But what kind of made it work is that they were with a third person who was the sister of the other, who uh-huh. was really loving it. Yeah. So playing with that dynamic was well. But despite the whole thing going well, I would rather for them to not like genuinely dislike me. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're like, ah, fuck, you know. But you know what? It was funny. Mm-hmm. That That's what I prefer. But. How do you... Um, uh, when you're... When you're, when you're crossing that line how do you get over that i still want to be liked at the end of it like that like like you you said you i i wouldn't have expected you to say that you still wish that they did um so like how do you get past that well you just gotta you know let go and sort of come to the um acceptance that it's impossible for to be liked by everyone. Sure, and sure. if you're going to do something it's risky, you're going to fail sometimes or not everyone's going to like you. It's just like, whatever. If you know, you win some, you lose some, I can take the hit on it. That mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not going to be liked by uh, some lesbian and her fat friend. So, so, <laughs> so when you're going into it, like you're, you're just like, look, I'm going to take some hits. Like I'm, I, that's just, that's just the nature of the, that's beast. the fun yeah, of it. Yeah. In, in another sense, I think if it were safe and you right. know, I, everyone likes me, I mean, I can't even deal with when people do like me, like say, oh, again, last night it did really well, blah, blah, blah. Afterwards, everyone's like, Hey man, that was great. Like, you know, when you really do well, people mm-hmm. come up to you, they mm-hmm. want to yeah, like totally. talk to you and shit. And I'm like, Ugh, get away from me. Yeah, I don't right. want to talk to you. It's a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Like you work that hard to get them to love what you do and like you. And then when they do, you're like, uh, yeah, but you said I tricked you. Like, like I, yeah, oh, God, that's so <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how to deal with positive with positivity, it's much easier to deal with negativity. I was talking to a comic last night. Ever since I started comedy, I can I have so much more trouble making eye contact or holding eye contact. Yeah, that is people. weird. Me I too. I used to be so like I could just like just talk. I was just such a good like very present person, and now I'm like, yeah, 
Hey, yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Like when someone compliments, I'm like, ah, oh, great. Thank you. And then I just, yeah, get what the nervous. fuck do you say to a compliment? I hey man, know. that was really good. Um, thanks. But, but, but then what? But then I get like, then I hear stories about like Prince and Kanye West being like, I know. And then you're like, how do you do that? I don't even. So th- that, those are just the worst people. <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. Let's wrap this up. You can follow Gene Getman on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. His handle is Gene Getman. That's one word, G-E-N-E. G-E-T-M-A-N. G-E-N-E, G-E-T-M-A-N, Gene Getman. Uh, you can check out his podcast, This American Life 2. You can find that at soundcloud.com forward slash This American Life. <laughs> <laughs> So I just stupid. tried really hard not to have a spit take. <laughs> just directly into the mic. And do yourself a favor. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I think there's um one other thing. I wanted to give you Gene's bio real quickly. It is coming up. <laughs> sex with kids. Talking. Yeah, right. <laughs> Be sure to visit sex with kids. In response to my requests uh, for things, Gene said, hey, that you, here's that child porn you were asking about. <laughs> when I asked for clips or a theme. And then his bio was, Gene Getman changes lives with the power of prayer. <laughs> He touches some and heals all. His ability to talk to the Lord means he can save you from going to hell. Call 1-800-MST-URB8. 1-800-MASTURBATE. Oh, my God. Special thanks to Chad Daniels. Who the fuck else did we play? Martin Urbano, <laughs> who we know is he's a nice guy too. He's and uh, and Doug Stanhope, and as always, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> Salt and Pepper. Yeah, thanks for not suing us, dude. Good night. Good night, I guess. Dude, that was such a chaotic, hilarious. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex.